Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from the series Habits of Grace. In this series, we look at four ways given by God so that Christians can enjoy Jesus through the spiritual disciplines, receive His grace, and experience the joy of a growing relationship with Jesus. This morning, we're going to be doing something a little bit different as I announced last week on uh, this series on the habits of grace different folks are teaching each week. So I did the introduction and uh, Jerry will be teaching next week and then the following week Scott's gonna be teaching and then I'll close it out. But today, Ryan Jackson's gonna be sharing uh, for our visitors and also for some of the folks in the church who may not know Ryan, Ryan and his wife Lauren uh, and their baby Everly who are right down there are, uh, <laughs> They are here and part of our congregation. We're really glad to have them here. Uh, Ryan graduated in 2007 from the finest institution on the planet, the United States Naval Academy. I'm not biased, that's it. Uh, so, um, and uh, is a helo pilot. Lauren graduated in 2009 from the Naval Academy and is also a helo pilot. And so we are grateful to have them back here. Lauren's gonna be a company officer. Ryan's working in the PE department. Uh, but what he's really hoping to do and, and train up here is he's wanting to be a chaplain in the Navy. And so we've been meeting and talking and working about what that means. And so this is a chance for him to uh, be able to get to share. We've been working together on talking about this. And he's going to lead us into uh, enjoying Jesus through his word. So let's listen together and learn and, uh, and encourage Ryan as God's working on him for his call. Thank you. Well, good morning. As he said, my name is Ryan Jackson, and uh, I just want to say thank you for God giving me the opportunity to be able to preach to you guys today. What I'll be discussing today is about enjoying, enjoying Jesus through his word, and the text that we're going to be examining today is going to be John 8:31 through 32. Hear now the word of God. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So as, you, as Brett kind of already explained, I'm trying to become a Navy chaplain, and I'm also a helicopter pilot. Now, Navy pilots, we take a lot of pride in being professional and making sure that we know the proper procedures and also how to fly aircraft. To be able to do that, we make sure that we have good study habits of this book called the NATOPS. The NATOPS, it's usually about yay thick, and it's aircraft specific. And it lays out all the systems that we have in our aircraft, all the limits that we can kind of, that we have to follow. And also, most importantly, it lays out all the emergency procedures that we have to follow. Now, there's a saying that NATOPS is written in blood because the people that write the NATOPS are actually ourselves. And we will make amendments and adjustments as we see fit. And we make those adjustments off of mishaps that we see that have claimed some of the lives of other pilots. So, as you can see, the emergency procedures that are laid out in this publication are extremely important. And we take pride in memorizing it. We actually, it's common practice that we talk about in flight school that to memorize those emergency procedures so well, we'll actually just sit in our room and bounce a tennis ball against the wall as we're studying it and reciting these emergency procedures out loud. That way, when you're flying over the ocean at zero dark 30 and that firelight comes up, you don't have to think about what you need to do or pull out that publication. You already know what you are doing and your hands are actually already probably moving to the controls that you need to do before you even realize it. 
So that's kind of, as Christians, we should also be doing the same aspect. We should be becoming professionals, and we should also be developing a habit to abide in the word of God. Christians should grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus, and then we're to have joy in knowing the Heavenly Father. So let's go to the text with John 8, 31. Now let's look at who Jesus is addressing. As we can see, he's not addressing non-believers or just anyone. He says, Jews who had believed in him. These are people that already came to Christ. They already know who Jesus is. They already know the glory that Jesus is going to bring them. So that's you and I. He's talking about to you and I that we know. It's not like he's addressing somebody of how to come to Christ. You need to read the Bible. He's already saying, if you already know who I am, you need to abide in my words. It's the same thing for Navy pilots. Whether you're the newest member in the squadron or you're the boss of the squadron, you're still going to be in that NATOPS. You're still going to be studying it every single day. Just as Christians, whether we came to faith you know, yesterday or we've been in the faith our entire lives, we still need to study that Bible. We still need to abide in his word. So now that we can see that Jesus is addressing the Jews that believed in him, let's look and examine what he's really saying. So in the next section, he looks at and he says, if you abide to my word. Now here you can see that John uses that word abide. John actually, the Greek word is minnow, and it means abide, remain, hold, and continue. That's how it kind of has been translated throughout the Bible if you look at other versions. <clears throat> and it's important to kind of note because that kind of sets up what John is trying to express here with that word and why he uses it so much through it. So he's saying that if you abide in my word, and he's trying to say, hold on, remain in that, that you need to draw your strength from his word, and you need to stay in it every single day. And that's a concept that's throughout John's gospel, and that's why he uses it 41 times, while the other gospels, through the other three, they use it a total of 12 times. So a big contrast between the, the uh, gospels. So where else is John uses this word minnow, and how can we see that he really does truly mean that you need to abide, you need to hold, and you need to draw strength from it? Well, actually, we see it in John 15, 5 through 7. So in, that, in these verses, John writes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. As you can see here, there's four times that John uses abide. Now, we kind of already talked about this verse in a previous series, in the I Am series that Brett did, about abiding and taking hold in that vine. And in that concept, we already talked about how to be able to bear the fruit, to be able to be a good Christian, we need to take hold and remain in God, in his vine, and therefore we will draw that strength and that nutrients to be able to do so. But if we're not part of that vine, then we will not be able to do that. So, that is extremely important for us to realize that. It's not just getting checks in the box. 
So we see that minnow again throughout that verse. Well, John also carries it over through 2 John in 1.9. He says, Everyone who goes ahead and does not abide in my teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in my teaching has both the Father and the Son. So here again, we see John using abide twice. And again, it's also referring to his teachings in his word. And he's expressing that if we do not do and actually abide in the word, it's not that we're just not going to be good Christians or professional pilots. It's that we're not even going to have Christ. And if we abide in his teachings, then we have both the Father and the Son. So it's something that we're called to do. That is what John is expressing in that text, that we need to make sure that we are listening and hearing God's voice and abiding in his word. And doing so, this should hopefully characterize our life and we should be able to develop a deeper relationship with Christ. And we should have more joy in doing so. We shouldn't be just looking at the Bible as a bunch of commandments. Instead, we should be remaining in his word and taking hold of it. And therefore, we shouldn't be looking at it as checks in the box that, hey, I did, I did a really great job today because I followed the checklist and the procedures that God has laid out in his Bible. But instead, we should be taking that on board and soaking it into our hearts. So how do we enjoy Jesus through the word? How do we do this? Well, like I was talking about with this check box, checks boxes and like taking it into our heart, if you think about it, for my wife, I tell her every single day multiple times that I love her. And she does the same for me. Now, I could, I could go a week and not tell her that I love her and that she knows that the covenant that we took on our wedding day, that I do love her. And I could go two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and she would still know that. But if you started talking to her at the end of that time frame, out of the, at the end of that week, and being like, how's your relationship with Ryan? I'm sure that she would start to say, you know, maybe having, she was starting to have a little bit of doubt or she's little feels that our, our relationship's kind of fading compared to what it is when I tell her every single day that I love her. This is the same thing that Jesus is doing for us that he's talking about. That if we abide in his word, then we become truly his disciples and we will hear him saying that he loves us that we understand his word, and we won't lose that word. We won't start to doubt or fade in the covenant that he has already made with us, that we already know that we have with him. And this is what David Mathis is saying in the book Habits of Grace. And he says, without the Bible, we will soon lose the genuine gospel and the real Jesus and the true God. For now, if we are to saturate our lives with the word of life, we must be people of the book. So he's talking about saturating our lives here and developing a relationship with Jesus, that we need to be people of the book to be able to do so. We need to abide in his word. Therefore, we will be able to hear God's voice telling us that he loves us. And then we're able to have that throughout our life. It will be saturated in our lives if we do so. So later on in that verse too, and going back to John 8, 31, we also see that another way to enjoy Jesus is knowing that we have salvation with him. In that verse, he ends it with, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That, that concept, if you read further on, really confused the Jews at the time that he was speaking to. 
they were kind of confused of saying that we're already free, we're, we're not slaves, what are you kind of talking about? But the truth that he's actually talking about comes back and builds from verse 28 when he's talking about him kind of dying and going to the cross. And that what Jesus is speaking of is that we know the truth that Jesus is the Messiah and that he is going to the cross and that he's going to die on it for us. And that in doing so, that he is providing salvation for us. And that is how the truth will set us free. Now, we see that in other verses and throughout the Bible. And even in like Philippians 2 through 2, 8, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We see that salvation that Jesus is talking about that he's going to do and providing that for us. As we read his word, we should take hold of that. We should want to read it and abide in it because we should want to see that salvation that he has provided us. And we should want to know that we have that. It's just linking back to what I was talking about with telling Lauren that I love her. Not only do we see the love that God has for us by reading it and abiding in it, but we also see the salvation and we remember that we have salvation instead of doubting or starting to fade away from God. We should look for that, and we should want to know that. We should want to know that procedures. It's just like I talked about in NATOPS. I studied that because I knew that one day studying those procedures would save my life, and it has. But the Bible, it's the same way as the NATOPS is for us, but so much more. Not only does it save our life here, but it saves our life eternally. And if you think about that, you should want to just jump in and read the Bible and have the joy of reading it. The next point is we should also take joy in reading it because we know that God is listening to us. If we look at the end of that passage with John 15, we see that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it it will be done for you. As we can see, he's saying, ask whatever you wish. We can see that God is listening for us. Now, this will be explained further with Jerry next week with prayer and how we can kind of talk to him and have that relationship. But we can see as we read and abide in his words that we are able to have this deepening relationship of hearing his voice from the Bible and then being able to talk back to him through prayer. And we should want to be able to take that in and absorb it into our hearts and not just look at reading the Bible as checks. The last point that I'm going to make that this really stood out as I was studying this passage and really um, trying to figure out what I wanted to speak to you guys today. And I know we've talked about God's love and we've talked about the other things, but this is something that really kind of popped in my head that I thought is important. And it's the fact that also we can't forget that Jesus is the incarnation of the word. And it's in fact, it's John's gospel out of the four gospels that we're able to really see the concept of the incarnation of the word with Jesus being there. And it's not the other gospels. It's specifically John, the one that talks about 41 times of abiding in the word or using that word abide to kind of grow and remain and be part of Christ, that he is also the one that took the importance and realized that it is important to lay out in the beginning of his gospel the concept of Jesus being the incarnation of the word. And we see that in John 1. It's really through 1, 1 through 14, but I'll be focusing on 1 through 3 today. And in it, we see 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. As you can see, the Word was God. This is the concept that you might hear about with logos. That is the Greek word that's being used there for word, that the concept of Jesus being the word, coming back and fulfilling the word and being incarnated into the word. And it all stems back mostly from John 1 through 14. You can see it in other spots, but that's what I'm focusing on today. So it's not, again, you see here by realizing that Jesus is that, that flesh, the word in the, the word in the flesh, that we shouldn't look at it as reading and knowing God's commandments when we read the Bible and that we should just be good scholars and understand and memorize these things. But we should realize that it is truly Jesus that we are reading about, that it is him, and that we should have that and we should want to just not just follow his commandments, but be able to hear his voice and be with him as we're reading and abiding in his word. And therefore, by doing so, hopefully we'll start to see God in everything, just like Mathis talks about with saturating our lives. Then, you know, as we kind of take him in, take him into our hearts and abide in his word, we're starting to see him, whether we're crunching numbers at work, playing with our kids in the park, or attending church, we we'll already see that. And this is what I really want you guys to start to understand and think about as you read the Bible and not look at it as more of a task. Because I know when I was in my squadron, studying the natops became burdensome. It was tough. It was, it was hard to sit down every single day and read that natops and stay fresh in it because there was times where you want to, you know, be with your family or you want to, you know, you know that you got to make dinner or something like that. There's other tasks in life that we're, we need to focus on to just survive that it becomes burdensome. So how do we read the Bible? How do we apply this word? So one of the things that really stood out to me in Matthew's book was he mentions, read the Bible for breath, study it for depth. And this really, really piqued my interest because sometimes, obviously like you guys heard, I'm going to seminary school, so I am studying for depth a lot, right? So I, I have... I have books, I have tools that I can study, really study for depth. And sometimes it's almost like burdensome that I'm so studying it for depth, I almost forget about reading it outside of class. And that's kind of what I felt that he was talking about with read for breath, study for depth. That we're able to just kind of, there's, there's a lot of usefulness of just sitting down and reading the Bible. But however, what he kind of stresses with this is that we still need to study it for depth. We can't just read through it and just kind of be like not really absorbing it, not really abiding in his word, but we also do need to take time and study it for depth. So how do we kind of do that? Hopefully as you're reading it, what happens is something piques your interest and then you stop and you kind of start to focus on that. If that happens, what I suggest is that you start to reread it. I can't tell you how many times I read John 8, 31 through 32 preparing for this sermon or even John 15, five through seven. I read those countless times that they were just so ingrained in me because there were so many things that I kept reading and seeing and rereading and thinking about that that is how I was studying for depth. And that's something that you guys all can have. Now you might not have some commentaries or things like that, but 
as we were talking about in, in uh, Brett's previous intro of going from walking to a 5K, you all can reread and think about and study on that word. I also suggest that as you start to reread it, do what I was also doing and pray about it. We'll learn about that next week with Jerry. With that said, too, it should be in your mind. And really, what that kind of starts to focus into is meditating on the word. And now, meditating is not necessarily just sitting down and clearing your mind that sometimes we want to think about or relaxating, but it's actually just dwelling in the word, thinking about the word, and we're called to do so as Christians. In Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It's just like I was saying, as you meditate on this and you start to draw it in, and even memorizing that Mathis talks about memorizing verses is just like what I talked about with those, EP, those emergency procedures when I was studying for being a pilot. Hopefully, you are taking them into your mind and so deep in there and into your heart that when you have a situation and you start thinking about a situation, how I should react as a Christian, it's second nature. It just all of a sudden, you, you don't even realize you're doing it until you've already done it. Another aspect that you can do for study to breath is just talk to someone else in your family. I know I talk to my wife all the time about the amazing things that I've discovered, or not really discovered, they've already been there. I'm sure other people have probably figured some of this stuff out. But God has spoken to me through his word about these, and they're on the tip of my tongue. And I talk to her about it. And then, so I suggest that we all do the same, whether it's friends or family, that you just sit down and you talk about it. Maybe start changing your dinner conversation or something like that so it's a regular habit as we kind of develop this habits of grace. The other aspect that you can do is we have elders in the church, right? They're here for us. So sit down and talk to them if you're kind of questioning some of these aspects and see what they need to do. I'm sure Brett loves getting phone calls in the middle of the night about the word, so... <laughs> Or even just talk to another Christian. Like I said, all this, not only do they talk about you learn it better when you teach it to others, but it's also you can bring, they can bring in another perspective. They can start saying almost the cross-reference tools of, hey, this is, this is very similar to this, this uh, verse and these things. And all of a sudden, you both are studying for depth that you don't even realize that you're doing. The last one that I really suggest is, like I talked about, John, Brett already preached about John 15, 5 through 7, right, in his I Am series. Well, what's also great is that his work is saved on the web, on our website. So if you are reading through a passage, there's a, there might be a good chance that there has already been one of us that has done a deep study and preached about it, that you can go to the website, and it's very well organized too, that you can pull that down, listen to the sermon, or look at the outline, and start to kind of learn more about it, and already hear it, and hopefully continue to study and get more of that depth in for you. So as you kind of are sitting there and you have that, maybe some of you are still kind of feeling that you're uncomfortable about how to read the Bible still. You're still kind of like, well, you know, I read it, but I still don't know what you're talking about on getting the, uh, the concept and start studying. But David Matthews says, 
If you feel uncomfortable in the scripture and inadequate in the art of Bible reading, the single most important thing you can do is make a regular habit of reading the Bible for yourself. He talks about building this habit, the habits of grace. You should be in the word every single day, developing a habit. Now for me, what works is having kind of a schedule and setting up goals. Now, that might not work for all of you, but I do suggest that you do kind of start to work and schedule something in there. Now, also as a helicopter pilot, we also joke about that we always are flexible because you usually plan, and then once you get in the aircraft, it completely goes away and you have to flex. But the same should be true for reading the Bible. You should have a designated time or a plan that you really want to read it that day, and you should start reading it. But if something happens, such as you just have a newborn that's been crying all night, or you have to go change a couple dirty diapers because they just have one of those days that they really like to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> you, you can flex and maybe shorten it up, right? But the important thing is, is that you don't get rid of it altogether. And you should also be able to flex the opposite direction, like I talked about. Read for, read for breath, study for depth. That you should be able to be, hopefully have some maybe a buffer time that you can build in so that like, if something piques your interest and you need to spend an extra 5, 10, 15, however long, rereading that passage, praying on that passage, and just thinking about that passage and meditating that passage, you have time to do so for hopefully on most days. You know? <clears throat> so that's what I really suggest. And that will also help you, because not every single day, we all know that not every day is the same, but having that adaptability and that flexibility in your schedule will hopefully allow you to continue to make a habit of always reading the gospel every single day and reading the Bible. Now, I highly encourage you guys also to set up goals such as reading the Bible every single, once a year. And I know that can seem very daunting to some of you, but actually, Mathis talks about it. It takes only 70 hours on average to read the Bible from cover to cover. That might seem like a decent amount of time, but it's actually less time than the average American spends in front of the TV in one month. So just think about that. If the average American replaced all his time on watching TV with reading the Bible, they could read it 12 times a year. <laughs> so another way to think about it too, is if you spend 15 minutes reading the Bible a day, you can read the Bible in a year. Now, 15 minutes, if you think about it, you really should start questioning yourself. Of what other habits do you have? What other things that you kind of have in your life that you could probably maybe change, cut out, or just fit in reading the Bible before you do so? Maybe it's instead of taking a little bit of time reading the news or something on the internet after you finish lunch at work, maybe you take the time to read God's word instead. Maybe as you're making dinner, you might play in the background so you can hear it as you're preparing and cutting up your food, getting ready to cook, right? Or, or after breakfast, maybe as you're kind of getting ready for work or something like that, you're starting to listen to his word or read his word really quickly. And it doesn't also, think about it, it doesn't have to be one block of time every day, right? It, you could spread it out throughout the day. And that will help you saturate your life like Mathis talks about so that you can see God in everything that you do. You can hear his voice, his word, through all the aspects that you have in your life as you go through it. Now, 
I do want to say that I'm not trying to guilt you guys to not watch TV or you know, maybe give up playing golf on your Sundays or, or whatever you like to do on the weekends. But what I'm just saying is, is maybe just sit there and just think about your motivations for such things that you, want to, you should want to be in his word, that you should want to reciprocate the love that God pours out on us by being in his word. We shouldn't look at it, like I keep saying, checks in the box. We should want to do these things. We shouldn't look at it as being tasks that, and guilt of cutting things out in our life that we feel that we enjoy more, but instead we should replace that with the enjoyment of reading his word. <clears throat> and it is through all these things that we should realize that. And that's really what I want to stress to you guys, is that we just need to abide in that, and we are called to do so. And it's through that that we can truly be disciples of God. And that is the Great Commission that is spoken in Matthew, correct? So that is what we should want to do. I thank you guys so much for, again, giving me the privilege to be able to speak to you guys. And I really hope that this ingrains in you. I hope that you guys make this a habit that you really enjoy and you start to love and do and not look at it as more of a task of sitting in the night tops. <laughs> I'd like to pray for our congregation before we end. Dear Heavenly Father, you are graceful and amazing God, an omnipresent God with power we cannot comprehend. We ask you to continue to provide us the strength to follow your word. We ask you to provide us the strength to learn your word. We ask you, we ask we learn your word, not just as factual knowledge, but we absorb it into our hearts and minds in order to carry it throughout all aspects of our lives. You have provided countless blessings, and for that, we are thankful. You are an awesome God, which we are so blessed to be able to proclaim as our Savior. You gave us the power of your word and sent your only Son to die for our sins. And for this and more, we are so grateful. We love you, God. Amen. Now at this time, I'd like you guys to please stand for a benediction. Thank you, guys. Today's benediction comes from Colossians 3, 16 through 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Go with the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.